Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your fight. We're in this game. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Welcome back to Line Change. I'm Tim Kalinowski, joined by Nick Martin. I'm running the show today for the third consecutive day here on Line Change Action Network's Hockey Betting Podcast. Leboff still on vacation. I believe this is the last day we'll be without Leboff. And maybe it's a good thing because I went to the Rangers game last night and if he was here, he'd probably virtually uh, hit me over the head or, or, or something for, for being in enemy territory. But we have a great slate here, Nick, handicapping Thursday, January 18 in the NHL, a 10-game slate, which is enough for us to start with some underdogs like we always do, unless we have, you know, one of those three-game slates. So, Nick, underdog, floor is yours. Okay, I'm going to go with, I like the Minnesota Wild. They're at plus 124 as of recording. I like them down to plus 115. I think this is a really interesting spot to discuss because specifically, I think this was actually a line change game, Tim. Uh, on the January 4th game in yep. Minnesota, I argued aggressively, even with you and Mike in our chat, I was saying, I don't understand this line. I think that the books are completely mispricing who's out for the wild. The, the Lightning deserve to be a way bigger favorite here. And now I think we're getting the flip side of that where Minnesota's more or less healthy now they just don't have Spurgeon and I don't think that's being accounted for enough I think that this game is going to be more competitive than this price suggests I think now's the time to buy back on the wild um <clears throat> I've kind of let it be known that I really did think it was kind of a valid excuse that their lesser run of play was just playing without so many of the bodies so yeah, there's a little volatility in goal like I'm still never thrilled to bet on uh Marc-Andre Fleury well, big picture, I think it's obviously still going to be Gustafsson stabilizing in goal for them. Um, but he did have a horrific turn to play or return to play. And I tried to bet it on him in that game and it was it was a disaster. But so that's kind of the only downfall. But I mean, when we're talking about this kind of a number and the fact that I think the Wild can actually just be step for step with uh, Tampa Bay now that they're now that the Wild are healthy again. I uh, I think this. Price deserves to be closer, and if you look at like where the numbers closed in that game when the Wild had none of their guys, I think that it it proves the point that the needle's been moved a lot for the Wild's lesser run of results in January. But now that they have more of their guys back, I actually think that that's being overweighted with this price. So, yeah, I think the Wild are definitely a very live underdog tomorrow. Yeah, that spot that we really liked. Um a week or two ago or so when these two teams played Tampa Bay closed at minus one thirty, And so Minnesota was plus one ten. Again, we thought that was mispriced. Uh, Tampa was good value. The why it wasn't easy though. The wild still hung around uh, a good bit in that game. So I, I think you, everything you said, I, I completely agree with in terms of um, we were handicapping injuries and now they're healthier. So that changes the math, I think, uh, pretty significantly. This Tampa Bay team, we're still not very high on. They're, um, they're way better. And not not that they've been dogs many times this season, but I think they're way better in, in situations where we can be like, oh, they're being you know a little mispriced here because they haven't played well. They're still the Lightning. This is not 
one of those situations. We also are, are idiots, or I'm an idiot, because failed to mention that after the Yotes game, heading into the Islanders game, the Wild had a players-only meeting. So, uh, oh, you know, yeah. obviously, um, that's why they beat the Islanders 5-0. That, that should have been worth uh, at least 50 cents. To, and to as Mike would there. point out, the Islanders getting just another unfair scheduling spot. Yeah, exactly. and then the last thing I'll throw out there, too, like the lineup for specific, the Wild lineup for specifically that Lightning game, that was like the peak as of being as bad as it got because mm-hmm. I, I think people almost have like forgotten that Felino and Zuccarello missed games in there too, and they were both out for that one. On top of all the other injuries on the back end and everywhere else, they had a bunch of AHL guys who don't typically get in the lineup. Um, so yeah, that now they're kind of stabilized. I think they they're going to be a bit of a team to watch here, and could be a team we're kind of ending, end up betting on a few times in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, man, does their lineup look so much better with like, Kaprizov slotting in? You know, Ak, Boldy, Hartman can actually play in their their spots where they that, where they should be playing and what makes them you know deep and effective. So yeah, the goaltending is always a question mark with them, especially well with Flurry. But I think I think you're uh, you're in the right spot. I I tailed this when you logged it on Wednesday. It was one of the spots that I had circled before the lines came out. So. Wild over the bolts there. My underdog, I'm going to kind of take a little bit of a cop out here and, and do a little more thinking out loud because I'm torn between, I like a lot of the favorites on the board um, for this slate, but I'm torn here on uh, Vegas as a short favorite at home against the Rangers and the Blues as uh, short dogs to the at Washington. Um, on Thursday night, you like the blues. I think what I'm going to do here, part of my cop out is I want to hear your blues argument um, and see if, if that's enough to, to sway me because just before you start um, I'll say one, I was on the ducks on Tuesday night, be, you know, you were too. And it was, you know, uh, a, a more of a fade of Washington and and kind of feeling that the, the ducks were being a little bit undervalued as they got healthier and, you know, back to back for a young team, like, come on. But then I went and looked at, I'm like, so I'm having trouble going back to the well and fading the caps already because I don't want to sound stupid. So then I was like, okay, if Nick's on the, on the blues, let me dive into this. Exp- like in, in terms of the advanced numbers, the blues are really surprising in, in how like bad they are. I mean, expected goals for uh, the Caps are 26th. The Blues are 25th. Expected goals against, like ranking it the bad way. um, The Caps are 24th. The Blues 28th. And then how about just actual goal differential? The Caps minus 19th, good for 29th. The Blues minus 15th, good for 27th. So I'm looking at this, I'm like, man, I don't, like the blues, I would like the blues at the Ducks price that we had on Tuesday night. I don't know if uh, that. So that's my first. Uh, I I got the first word there, so I'll give you time for a rebuttal. I think that those points are valid, and I would stop right at even money. There was there's plus one hundred fives out at the time of recording, um, but I just think the Blues have offered slightly more compelling play uh, than that of Washington over the last the kind of the shorter sample. I still want to sell on the Caps. I still think that this team. Is more or less fraudulent and the blues nobody's trying to tell you they're good but they have a lot more legitimate scoring upside than the caps like the caps don't have anyone in the realm of a kairu a buchnevich guys like that i know that uh captain's out of the picture i don't rate that too highly and i think a 
aside from that, they're kind of comparable teams. And this Blues core, granted some of the guys are gone, has consistently outscored expectations. I think that they're a little better than models seem to view offensively, and that's kind of shined through year after year. So I just look at it with their offensive talents. I think that it's a good spot for them to kind of come in and uh, pay it off. It'll be competitive. I definitely wouldn't go lower than that even money price for the Blues, but I actually think they can be a slight favorite for the Caps right now. <sighs> okay, okay. All right. I guess I'll call I'll call my dog the Blues for for a half unit because yeah, I still don't think the Caps are very good, but I I am very fearful of um looking dumb fading the caps in, in I think the other episodes. thing too that deserves a little weight if you're gonna talk about the underlying numbers recently. Uh the blues have gone. They've been played the stars, the avalanche, the penguins, the Canucks, the Hurricanes, the Panthers, the Rangers, the Bruins, the Flyers. So if you look at teams that are dominating in terms of run of play right now and just where it actually matters, most of those teams are red hot right now. That will sewer a recent sample. Um, and they've gotten some good wins in there. They were convincing in their win over the Canucks. I know you're on the Canucks there. I'll throw that one back out there. Uh, they beat the Stars. like They beat the Canes, and they, they beat the Rangers. And the Bruins game, too, I thought pretty reasonable. They, they got the goal taken off the board. They were kind of step for step. Maybe didn't own more of the overall play, but I think it was pretty clear. I think some of the Bruins even said they thought they got a little lucky, you know? So anyways, I, I think that this this sample of play overall has been a lot better since they got rid of Barube and their top stars are playing better now. And I think that's maybe been a little hidden recently by kind of a sneaky nightmare schedule. So yeah, give me the blues. I kind of right. hate fading the caps every night, but it's just, they're not very good. I don't think. I I tend to agree. And we would say that Anaheim covered the, um, covered the effort spread. <laughs> it's funny like you look at how few multi-goal wins the caps have i don't even know if i went through and counted out they have like maybe if you erase the empty net goals they might have like two or three like it's pretty much been they lose big or they win and eventually that does not work i put it in my uh little write-up on the ducks and then maybe it was a bit of a reach for spot because was the freaking ducks playing back to back but uh I compared them to the Eagles in uh, my write-up on that game, which I think was a really good comparison because it's the kind of thing like when it's working, people talk about doing the little things and championship DNA and clutch and that sort of thing. And they have had that mainly from Lindgren and even Kemper yesterday. But I think overall, it's been a lot of favorable stuff working in their favor too, which is why most models are still so low on them making the playoffs. Yeah, I'd rather be really good and do the intangible championship things then not very good in just the intangible things. So, okay. I guess you convinced me there. Um, Nick's on the wild as his dog against the Bay lightning. And I am on the St. Louis blues at the Washington capitals, trying it one more time to the big board. We go, we'll start with the Dallas stars at the Philadelphia flyers, the stars, a minus 135 favorite, the Flyers plus 114 total sitting at six, Nick. I will say, I'm just going to do a quick victory lap. We were head to head on Tuesday night. I was on the Stars. You were on the Kings. Finally got a win. You know, I was quiet in the Deserved chat too. because it had been a while. You know, it was, I it was strictly been business. 
especially because it was very objectively correct. Like, I, there aren't that many picks in the NHL where you just feel like a complete idiot. And that was just a bad pick. Mine, not yours on the stars. They they earned it. I think I reached because I just feel like I want to buy on this Kings team. Yeah, and, and we will get to that because the Kings um, are further down on the big board. But any thoughts on the stars and the Flyers? I would say initially looking at the number, Flyers are still a team that I want to back. I've said it over and over again. They're about as good of a bet in the NHL for a complete effort, a team to show up, which in an 82-game sample size is about you know all you can ask for. Like the biggest hope when you're betting the NHL, uh, you know, a sport that plays a lot of games is like, is this team going to show up? The Flyers, I feel like 99.9% of the time do show up. And I think that's reflected in the number here. I really like to play the Flyers as a little bigger dogs than this, but it looks like the books are really giving Philly respect here. And, um, you know, I'm going to kind of like just tip my cap to the books and say, I think you're right on this line and probably move on. Yeah, I fully agree. I didn't really have much um, sucking me in here. If anything, I'm closer to if uh, minus 135 held and I had confirmation that Couturier was going to remain out, then I actually would be looking uh, closer to looking at a play on Dallas. Jamie Drysdale is also day-to-day. Uh, -day. Who knows if he'll miss? And he's been excellent. But I know he also wasn't even part of the team until like four games ago, right? So Yeah, they, they, show obviously... they, they, they can win without him, I think. Yeah. <laughs> as great as he has been for them so far. Fair enough. Um, how about the Montreal Canadiens and the Ottawa Senators? The Senators basically, I mean, look at this line. The Senators are a minus 180 favorite. Canadians, second half of back-to-back, -back, they're plus 150. Total six and a half. In terms of... Um, in terms of perform, in terms of expectations and performance relative to expectations, these teams aren't even close. Montreal exceeds expectations with their roster. They've been exceeding expectations. Ottawa, on the other hand, it has been the same story seemingly every single night. If this was, if we were making this uh, line based off just like deserving favorite and, you know, deserving dog, it would not look like this, but that's obviously not how, how the numbers are made. Ottawa here, I mean, we've been saying it for weeks, feels like they're ready for a win. I just don't want to put real actual dollars on this team. No, we finally figured out how to handicap them Tuesday with the over. And I mean, it sucked that Colorado took a year to announce their goaltending starter, but the save prop that I loved did get home easily with 36 saves from Houston in. So and what do you even say if you're the Senators? And like to kind of build on your point, yeah, like the Canadians have done such a good job of having like the maximum amount of points that they basically could have with their run of play. Like if they've hung around in games. Granted, a ton of those have come in overtime, but still they know what they're doing getting there. The Sens, they say it's hard to score goals in the NHL, but it's not hard to score. Well, the second they get a lead, it's like every single night. I don't know what happens. It's just... It's getting to the point where it's remarkable. I I couldn't believe the other yesterday when I looked and it was four two, and then it got to seven four. Like what is going on? And there, we talked about the the possibility that maybe Martin didn't know how to coach at the NHL level anymore, and that maybe that was getting like he's he's obviously so proven, but Grant like the game is so much different now. They've given up over four and a half goals in the time that he's been coach, and I know that they were giving up a lot of goals all season long. I know that. The goaltending's bad, but I do think that their defensive play has even dipped, which is pretty insane. 
So I don't know. I don't have a play on this one. I it it feels like the spot if you're the Sens, you have to pay it off. But we said that a million times. Um, I think you could consider going to Jake Allen saves again because it's just I think they will get their control of the play here. But at the same time, I'm a little afraid because his his overall play he did play really good on Monday, but hasn't been as convincing as Montembeau. And I think there's a world where maybe the Sens just finish a lot of their chances quick and that hurts it. But that would kind of be my first look on this game yeah uh, when you say that i i thought i felt like you were going in the right direction with the saves prop but at the same time part of why the sends have been so hard to handicap is because they're so volatile like they would anyone be shocked if they scored seven in this game and you know that save prop is, is tanked but for sure you you don't feel confident enough to like lay it with them in any aspect regulation puck line whatever it may be, the the thing about Ottawa, you know, we talk about these bottom of the league teams that we, we you know, tend to have a laugh at, San Jose, Chicago. But when teams play them, like San Jose and Chicago give their best shot, feels like every night. And But when you're playing Ottawa, you know, scoring goals in the NHL is hard. It has turned into point night when you're playing the Ottawa Senators. It, it has not been point night when you're playing San Jose in, in Chicago. It's been point night when you're playing Ottawa in like a 7-5 game. It's a joke. Like, there, I don't think this is very debatable. There isn't a team that I think can be more ashamed of their record than the Ottawa Senators in the NHL right now. Because the other ones, everyone knew were going to be a train wreck. Like right. those other ones, people were posting their rosters preseason being like, oh, look at this. Like, this is a joke. Like, tank for Salvarini. And then you had people like us, you know, like me, I've historically done pretty good on NHL futures. And this is going to be one of the most comically bad takes I've ever had. It could go on freezing gold takes if more people paid attention to this. So don't send it to them because uh, it's a joke. I don't, it, yeah, we got to move past this team. Yeah, they are are pretty, pretty disgusting right now. They, you know, and it's too early to start like playing out the string. It's mid-January. Like you, you, you it's not like That's hey, the, the problem is if the they vacation. stabilize and play to their potential. Now you're just going to finish like five spots higher, six spots higher, and <laughs> then know. you just probably don't get the same pick. So 100%. How about the Seattle Kraken, the very banged up Seattle Kraken? They are going from New York to Edmonton to play the Oilers. The Oilers, pretty big favorite here, minus 205, the Kraken. Plus 170. Total is at six. Oilers have won now 11 in a row after their comeback win against the Leafs. The Kraken, I was in the building uh, to see them play the Rangers on Tuesday night. A pretty um, boring game from both teams. Did not seem like they were uh, too interested. But I think the Kraken have an excuse in terms of, you know, they're they're really banged up right now. They went on that really, really good winning streak. Um you know, surprised a lot of people. Decord's play was great. But now I wouldn't just say it's a return back to earth for this team because, you know, they've also been been banged up. And that's that's hard in the NHL. It's hard to play when you're you're slotting. I think I think it was McCann who said um, about Seattle, like, oh, yeah, we're all third line players or something like that's what makes us so good and deep or whatever. And it's like, well, when you lose that, what are you all now uh, <laughs> for four line players? It's it's really tough for them. Uh, yeah, it's they honestly I 
I think they can be proud of their effort. I don't know what you thought. Like I, that I was agree. the definition of a scheduled loss. They had so many key bodies out of the lineup. Like Vince Dunn has been gigantic for them. He's a guy that probably Kraken fans weren't surprised to see how it went without him. And then yeah, Benares, the when it when it's just and a back-to-back spot, like everything about it just screamed loss. And I thought they actually did a pretty good job hanging around and at least giving it a competitive effort and trying to give it a chance to win. So I think for me, it's still the Oilers are past here, but I don't, I'm not loving the price anymore, but we continue to talk about this. Like I'm not fading this Oilers team right now. Like they're, um, they're just playing at another level from anyone in the league right now. And we've made the, the, um, case week after week and i know that's a little disputed when you talk about what skinner probably is compared to hellebuck with the jets but i think the rest of the oilers game has actually been a little bit better and their offensive upside still obviously a touch beyond that and i keep making this point pod after pod for like three weeks i think that there's a world and their price has been dropping from when it was like 12 to 1 when we first started seeing this i think there's a world that the oilers even in like a tough first round matchup come into the playoffs like plus 700 and just power rated one by any respectable sports book and that they'll just be favored in that first round series, no matter of who it is. So yeah, I'm not fading the oil here in this spot. I think with the, with the bodies out for the crack, it's going to be pretty tough. If anything, I'm still leaning oil at minus two Oh five. Yeah. And it's really tough for the Kraken uh, scheduling spot. Like they were playing out East on a road trip. And then before you go home, you got to stop in Edmonton. Like, are you, are you serious? The 11, uh, the 11 game win streak Oilers. Um, I will add on to the Oilers. Yes. has been a great run. They've turned it around all this, but when you look at the schedule and, and you had mentioned this, Nick, when you were still buying on them, um, when they got off to that dreadful start, they had played Vancouver, Winnipeg, Minnesota, New York, Dallas, Vancouver again, like teams that, you know, make you earn it. And then now on this win streak, like this, you know, I'm, what I'm trying to make the argument is, is like, they do get credit for taking care of business because, you know, they've, you, you know, you know what the best way to get a boost is in the NHL, uh, go to Southern California and do that little road trip and, and play Anaheim and San Jose. So that's what started this winning streak, um, taking care of business against those teams Seattle here, the way that um, their injury situation looks is is like runs parallel to the ease, the softer part of the schedule um, that started this this winning streak. And I think it continues uh, with the Kraken here. A really tough spot, I think, for them. I, I would play the Oilers. I think I'm going to play the Oilers three-way here, um, possibly puck line, but for sure going to play uh, three-way at the very least because it, it is, you know, I give the Kraken a lot of credit, but it's a tough spot for them. Yeah. And like to even, I think an interesting note that we were saying at the time, I know a lot of people were saying it at the time, but it's so much easier to like point to now about, I think this builds the case because it's even a larger sample of how good the Oilers have actually been playing. I've got it set to the first 22 games of the season right now on, on evolving hockey. The Oilers were third in expected goals for. And that was hidden. We we talked about how they weren't scoring on a high percentage of shots and they were getting an 88, 74 save percentage. So, you know, maybe Skinner slows down a little bit here and I'm expecting that. But And and they have improved under Knobloch. Don't get me wrong. I think the penalty kills been better. The defensive play has been a, a little bit sharper. And part of that has just been, I think, Ekholm's, uh, Ekholm's always due to stabilize and he's been so good alongside Bouchard. But I think those are kind of the cases of why maybe 
I think this seems a little more legitimate when uh, we're talking about, like I've kind of slighted recently some of these other teams in um, just in the midst of comparable win streaks. So yeah, still really high on the oil. Moving on to the Arizona Coyotes, our Arizona Coyotes. They're playing the Vancouver Canucks. Arizona not looking great in their last 10 games. Vancouver, on the other hand, just they continue to get victories. They continue to pile them up. They continue to find different ways to win. The Yotes are plus 170. The Canucks minus 205 on home ice total is at six and a half. I want to say it's probably shaded to the under. Yeah, shaded to the under here. Yotes uh, really have trouble scoring. I love, you know, they're, they're our team. We I like to play them as a, a big dog, but the inability to score is really concerning for me. Yeah, I agree. I really didn't have a lot on this game. I'm not going to try to pump up our Yotes and the Canucks have played legitimately quite well lately. Um faded them on Monday just a lot because of the spot and because I thought that uh, Columbus has actually been a hair better than uh, their recent results suggest. We've kind of been beating that drum, but yeah, I didn't really have much on this one. Yeah, uh, that we were lucky to get that Columbus win. I wouldn't say lucky because, you know, it was a good spot, but Vancouver, like, still, this is, this is what betting the NHL is like. We have a good spot, we have a good price, and Vancouver still makes it really, really difficult. Um, they yeah i mean they it went the entire got, length yeah they got there whatever how like the travel situation was a disaster and everyone had heard about that and i thought casey de smith actually did really good well that really really well to help him get the point but you can't rate that right is at the end of a really successful road trip and it's just it is what it is yeah they um and and that's what you in my opinion you get a lot of credit for a team like vancouver and this is why teams win the president's trophy it's because they get a point out of that game right a, a scheduled loss essentially you still find a way to 100%. get a point that that's that shows how close the league is too where it's like when you really know and you really follow things i don't think a lot of people would ever say that you know a point from columbus is a good thing but i actually don't think many think that many teams would have gotten points from columbus there 100 the big one will be um leafs and the canucks on saturday night can't can't wait oh, for yeah, that. that's gonna be fun oh boy oh boy the leafs could have uh another loss under their belt between then and now but we will get to that how about the nashville predators and the la kings the preds plus 136 the kings minus 162 total sitting at six i think the two of us really want to continue to to buy on la even though I went the other way on Tuesday night, I, I told you I want to buy on LA. I just didn't like where the scheduling spot for them. I didn't think it was time here. I kind of feel the same way because I don't want to lay that number quite yet. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I feel like they, I could see them paying off in this game, but I don't know if like, I don't think statistically it's like a strong bet. And mainly because the Preds continue to actually play quite well. We we keep talking about this. And underrated coach, not saying coach of the year, but I think Andrew Burnett continues to really, like the, offensively, the Preds have looked legitimately good. They possess the puck well in the offensive zone. They play really well as a team and really cohesive. And he's they whatever sample you grab from this year, their offensive form is actually quite good. And um, that's continued right now. They're at 3.39 expected goals for it. Per 60, uh, 53% uh, 
expected goals over the last 10 games. I think that matches the eye test. I thought they played a perfectly fine game in Vegas, couldn't finish anything. It is what it is. But I, I, I just feel like the more I watch the Preds, like they're not really a team I want to fade at these numbers. If anything, I think they're like kind of still, I don't know. They like are they the, they might hold on to that wild card spot the whole time. I think it's starting to look like them and Edmonton. Although Edmonton might not finish there, them and the Kings that could be it, and that would be crazy. Yeah, that would be. I look at um again the spot I have a hard time with. This is LA's first game back after a, a pretty lengthy road trip, and they've had trouble at home too. So. I, I, that's a lot of miles, um, on the belt of these Kings. It might be feel good to get home. There's a Nashville team that, um, isn't going to make it easy. It, I was really hoping for Kings to open at like minus 140 that I, I would have been I agree. a yeah. lot more excited to play. Like them. it's one of those ones, if they came out and blew it up in one big, I'd be like, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. It makes <laughs> sense. But like, I, I don't know if I can like say that minus 162 is the price I want to pay. And maybe I'm a little biased because I look like an idiot trying to pick them uh, in Dallas the other night. But I, I think the spot to watch could be Saturday versus the Rangers. That could be the one. If they open at like minus 125, minus 130, then you get on that. Real, I, I definitely agree. It, it's going to get a little easier uh, for the Kings here. And so, hey, look, I think it's a good lesson of when you're trying to you know, I want to buy on this team. It's not like a, a catch all like, Hey, we just blindly bet them still takes two to tango. The, the Nashville still is. Um, you know, and, and you know what, to be fair, we did get, although it, I, the Riddich thing, I actually tried to get out. I had said, I got out of some of my positions myself anyways, whatever, just continue to be an idiot with this Kings team. But the, the Kings did pay off in Carolina with a good game and cash for us there, which kind of sucked me in again, but mm -hmm. I just, uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm really intrigued to see how they look moving forward because I just continue to think this roster can't be this bad. No, and again, and I keep saying this too, four of these losses on this, what is it? I think they're one and eight, one and nine um, in their last 10. Four of these came in extra time. You know, I really, I really just try to dismiss that sort of stuff. Like it's, you can't. Oh, for sure. You, you can't, can't look at that red L and be like, oh, this team sucks. No, and I always go back to this, and this is why the three-point system is so perfect, because a lot of people want to get rid of the loser point. You get rid of the loser point, and shootouts and three-on-three -three matters more. Like, that's just a fact. It's, You know what I mean? And that's yep. my huge opposition to it, is like, you want, everyone bitches about three-on-three -three and shootout. You want those to matter more? Like, some team's going to go 6-0 and in the shootout and get in the get in the playoffs as a result when no one's getting loser points. Yeah. Um, I so, mean, yeah. Calgary uh, last year would have been, you know, they would have had four points all season. All yeah, <laughs> and the the, the three-point regulation win would be sick down the stretch. I know the league doesn't want it because it gets rid of some false parity, but um, at this point, I think it would also create a ton of fun to see, like, huge spots come up. Like, oh, this team can grab three points from this divisional win, like if they uh, show out and win in regulation, which seems to happen less and less. Six-point swing uh, in a game late. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That'd be a lot of fun. Um, before we get to our best bets, there's one more game on the board here. The New York Rangers minus 125 at the Las Vegas Golden Knights, who are by by definition then plus 105. The total here is at six. I told you I saw the Rangers in person the other night. I'll, I'll, it's a funny thing, Nick. I got to get your opinion on this. 
I uh, my flights had been canceled out of New York, and uh, my hotel was a couple blocks from MSG, and it was like six fifteen, and I'm like, I got to make this decision now if I'm going to go to the game, buy a ticket, because I want to see warm up. The the only important thing, most important thing when you're going to a hockey game is going to warm up, and if you don't, if you miss that, you might as well not go. Yeah, warm ups is great. You got to catch warm ups. I don't know if they do it at uh msg but there are some like happy hours here that are fun to to attend free and you know get a couple extra drinks and then uh watch warm-ups but i agree you typically do catch kind of some cool things it's fun to watch them go through it oh yeah there's nothing better and you know the guys i love the guys like the star players that just don't even do anything like they just sit there and stretch like <laughs> posture knock for yeah. the bruins i don't even know if he shoots a puck or he just sits i had a classic photo of Ovi. it was like mid midwinter when they came here in february one year and he's just like standing beside the bench with his stick up and warm up and just looks like he couldn't <laughs> be more checked out and the caps lost that game like three one <laughs> but then if he had four goals he wouldn't be surprised either and he would probably have done the exact same thing <laughs> exactly i i would say that i honestly i lean vegas a little bit here um i'm trying to like find the floor with them i think it's a a little bit of a tough spot for the rangers going um cross country here the you know to think that you know i know vegas is banged up but to think that the rangers minus 125 when you factor in home ice and like the difference between these teams i just like don't totally get there honestly I, I i feel like a knights team that's really good at home really hard to play against at home i i was i wrote in our rundown i lean vegas then i opened up you know vegas's like expected lineup and i went i'm not so sure yeah that's the thing you take out of any team their top two centers and they're not going to be very good that's pretty much almost a rule um and the knights won't have eichel they won't have carlson here and they won't have their best defender which they've been fighting through for a long time but this team's just pretty gutted right now. I didn't think they were overly impressive uh, versus the Preds. Didn't hate that call by us at all. And, and you look at their underlying results, and granted the Rangers aren't a great great five-on-five five team, but um, the Rangers' five-on-five five results have still actually been better than the Knights for the last 10 games, and they've got a goaltending edge, I think, if Shesterkin goes. So I, I actually was kind of leaning Rangers. I thought I would probably end up if they were going to be like priced as a pick I would have been there. But yeah, it's a, for me, I, I actually think Rangers are past. Yeah. the I think I'm kind of probably like we are trying to get ready to buy on um, the Kings. I'm getting like horny to fade the Rangers. And I'm just like, you know, maybe this just isn't, isn't the spot for it. Hopefully like, the Yeah. Hopefully Rangers win Thursday solid game and then we get some pretty good openers for the kings to beat them on saturday yeah that would be that would be a match made in heaven so i don't know follow follow the two of us in the action app especially nick to see uh what he ends up going with there if anything at all it's when you sit here uh the day before the game at three o'clock it it can be a bit challenging we just need need a little more information maybe someone like surprisingly uh will be skating for the nights at practice or something like that i i don't know it is time for our, our best bets. Top shelf where mama hides the cookies. And Nick, you have a best bet on what I would call probably the headliner here. Maybe just because the Toronto Maple Leafs at minus 120 playing against the Calgary Flames who are even money um, home dog here over under six and a half. 
There's a lot of talk about the Leafs, Nick. A lot, a lot of talk. There is a, a ton of talk. I don't think any other team, and granted the game-winning goal was ugly. There's no disputing that. But, but it's also a perfect comment on how ridiculous the media circus surrounding the oil, the Leafs is. They didn't play great. They were lucky to probably be at 2-2 in that game. But that was a, a fast-paced, well, fast well-played game, I thought, where, like we said, like the Oilers have been just doing this to everyone right now. I think any other team, and and I know they're coming in off the ugly Detroit loss and a couple others, that happens. Everyone just be like, oh, you lost in Edmonton by a goal. Like, okay, that that's tough. Like, you know, dry sidle backhanded one in from the goal line. Like, it is what it is. But this team is just like a whole different standard. And that's why if I was an NHL player, I would absolutely, I don't think I could stand playing there because it's just, you get such, it's almost like interesting handicapping wise because you have to look at like what's actually happening. I think if you're going to try to like seriously bet on these games instead of just going off like the media hearsay. But with that said, we have talked about this team a lot this year. I thought coming into the year that they would be worse defensively. They have been, you look at, uh, under Sheldon Keefe, they've finished in his full season 7th, 3rd, and 11th in expected goals against. So they've been a good, a legitimately good defensive side. And then you look at the bodies they brought in, and none of them were good defensive players, right? Like, no one thought that they would get better on that front. They thought they'd be good at a good offense. No, Revo, but... right? He's good. Yeah, exactly. Man. And Max Domi hasn't been a fit, which whatever. And then I know a lot of people don't love Kerfoot. People always post his like comical misses, but statistically he's a pretty good two-way player. And they had a lot of guys like that go out the door. So I don't know. It's it's gonna be interesting to see how they bounce back. I don't think the personnel is what it was. But with that said, like I think that their recent run of play actually does make them warranted of being a, a slightly bigger favorite over calgary so i don't want to like pump them up like i've actually thought this year they're going to be a pretty good fade and really i think that has worked out pretty well but like you look at the last 10 games they're still like eighth and expected goals for i think their play to the eye has looked better than a lot of people are crediting it's just the fact that you it's so easy to dwell on their like mistakes like austin matthews just standing in front and screening his own goalie when those things i think do happen to other teams in fact we know they have other teams right but they just get so much credit there and everyone loves to rag on this team. And I get that. Like, I know it's annoying hearing how, how much hype they have every year, but I think to just look at it, like to summarize kind of the point in terms of like handicapping this game, I think where they deserve to be power rated is still high enough, like probably 10 spots above Calgary, maybe seven spots above Calgary. And that makes me think they deserve to be a bigger favorite here. And then I also don't hate the spot. Like it feels like one where you know you're going to get a pretty sharp effort from the Leafs. So, and then the other really important note, Dan Vladar hung in all right the other night. He gave up the one pretty soft point shot, but he had some big breakaway saves. He kind of broke our hearts there on Cooley twice. Um, but I like he hasn't been very good this year and Markstrom should remain out for this game. So that's really significant. So I think the Leafs are capable of paying off here as a favorite. It's one of those ones everyone's going to be like, oh, you bet on the Leafs as a favorite right now? Are you an idiot? But I think uh, they're still not that bad of a team and they're facing Dan Vladar. So let's do it. Yeah, we nailed Edmonton um, on Tuesday night. Again, it was um, it was a good game. I think the Leafs um, played well at times in that game. The, so the Leafs are obviously on a four-game losing streak. They've blown, blown a lead in all four of those games. I would say, so two out of those four, 
coming to Colorado and Edmonton, those two teams, uh, the Oilers and the Avalanche, would probably be my number one picks to come back in a game. Like if I, I yeah, if I could rank one and two of who I would want to live bet when they're down, they could be Edmonton and Colorado. So I, I kind of excuse a little bit of that, or at least can can understand why it happened, how it happened. So I I, I think that you kind of helped me get to the Leafs here at, at minus one twenty because also too how how much can Calgary make them pay for their defensive deficiencies? Right, uh, it's when we look at um, the Leaf, how to fade the Leafs. It, it starts with the team that's able to score and make them pay and, and play, force the Leafs to play in their own end. My only problem, Nick, what if it's Samsonov? Yeah, that's the thing. Um, oh, I wouldn't want that situation yet. He did play pretty well in his return, like, but I mean, it's one game and it's scary and it did get blown up late, even though it wasn't his fault. He made a huge save right before the, the game winning goal. So he had his guy, but um, the other like interesting note that I think is relevant when you talk about the Leafs and people just, just kind of rag on them. And I get that part of that is because of the way the playoffs have gone. And even though this hasn't actually been the, the problem in the playoffs, but it seems like people just forget that this is like a top four to offensive team when they want to kind of rip on them. And, and granted right now it's pretty easy to rip on them, but like, I think that gets thrown out the window and that's obviously a humongous part of why they get power rated respectively still. I feel like all year, like we've actually had their handicap pretty good, more or less, other than maybe Mike, who just fades them every single night, which probably hasn't been. I don't know how it, how this it actually looks at this point, but that's probably because he listens perfectly... to too much Leafs radio, so he thinks oh, this he guy's falling all the time. Them. And <laughs> that's a lot of people. But I think like this is like a, I don't know, like probably not a cup contender, and we're not trying to sell that they are here to pick them at minus one twenty versus Dan Vladar. Are you still gonna play him if it's Sammy? Yes. I'm gonna. <laughs> I think Not Sammy Vladar yes. to the over might have to be considered. Yeah, I just get scared because you listen to all this the media talk, and Keith has been a competent defensive coach, and they've been a little better lately than on that front. Than I think people are kind of crediting. It just seems to go out the window when you're talking about like the collapses. It's easy to like forget that. Um, but yeah, and that's the other thing. It's like every. I feel like you almost just have to tune it out with this team. Sometimes it's just like nauseating. Like every like three and four game stretch that goes really good or really bad. It's just like, shut up. Like this is just how hockey works. You know what I mean? Like these, these things happen. You look at so many of these teams this year have been on like crazy runs up and down. Oh, no, yeah. I would, I would say it's a good thing that they're on the road away from Toronto. The problem is they're on the road in other Canadian cities. <laughs> Which, yeah, like, it's, that's very true. It doesn't help. Uh, yeah yeah it does, does and i mean i hadn't looked at this tim but i'm actually not surprised at all to see as i look right now they're 11 4 and 6 on the road which i in terms of betting that's 11 and 10 and they're 10 9 and 2 so 10 and 11 at home this year so maybe all that noise has uh you know taken its toll in terms of maybe being a bit of a negative environment yeah they they, they needed to get away but to back to Southern California, uh, I think would have been best for them. Uh, my best bet here is my Boston Bruins at home against the Colorado Avalanche. The Bruins are, as I look here, the Bruins are minus 142. Colorado uh, plus 120 total sitting at 
six, six and a half, depending on where you're shopping. And I'm on Boston here. Uh, I really like the Bruins in this spot. More so for me, it's a fade of Colorado, which uh, sounds crazy, but this has been a lot for Colorado. Um, this is going to be three and four for them. The Bruins haven't played since Monday. They had some guys banged up, sick, and it looks like they're trending to being healthier in some spots. Carlo was back at practice today, which is a really good thing for them. Allmark, he's probably not going to play in this game, but he was back skating Forbert. So that's that's a really big deal for the Bruins. And I went and did a little dive on on the Avalanche, who are probably, you know, my favorite team to watch in the NHL, probably my my favorite team to bet in good spots because they're just they're such a when they get going, they're just a runaway train. But for them to be playing three and four, I think the what really puts me over the edge to Boston here is I, I looked at um McKinnon, Rantanen, Druan, Taves, Makar. It's been 20 plus minutes or 18 plus minutes, like in every game of this, um, of you know, their last three games or so, which is just really hard to keep doing in the regular season. Like that is they when you look at the disparities between time on ice between these guys and the rest of their team, it, it, it looks like a high school time on ice sheet. They, they, I just think it, it, it catches up to you in, in spans like this in, in mid January going into Boston to cap this off in a Boston team. That's just has a big time rest advantage. And um, yeah, it's just, I, I love Colorado, but time to fade them here. Yeah, I agree. I thought I would end up, uh, being on Boston here, we didn't get the price that I was kind of looking for, but I like the spot. I'm not going to disagree with really anything you said. That's yeah, kind of exactly the price is bad, isn't great, but I was buying no matter what. So, yeah, I see. Like, it's, I thought that this would be like a spot I loved and that it was like closer to like pick. And now, and I can see kind of what gets there. Like, if you look at it, Colorado is like, they're such an interesting team to handicap because it's so hard to see basically five six guys just dominating and making an nhl team this damn good and that's exactly what um mckinnon and ran and taves and mccarr and drew in right now now that nichushkin's out i guess as a humongous part there's some pieces like i think malinsky's been quietly good and i like him and i, I know that it's probably a little unfair to just say there's been like nothing beyond those guys but there's nothing like overly compelling where you're like, oh, they're winning these matchups versus this team and versus even like relatively mid teams. So it's crazy to think that they're this good just because of like that, those five guys. And I do think, like you say, the fact that they've all been used so much on this road trip and had to grind out some wins. And I think that's part of the reason you're going to have to grind out wins because the other lines are going to get scored on and your goaltending hasn't been that incredibly good. So... And that also works to your comeback point because some of these like these games versus Ottawa, you get down 4-2 and then it's just like, all right, let's roll the big guns over the boards and let them tie this up and, you know, get things going. So I love that. I fully agree. I've always loved watching this Avalanche core. I was so high on them the year they won the cup. That was one of my like favorite handicapping things. Probably probably literally my favorite in the time with action was uh, how hard we pumped the Avs during that cup run. But I just think they've kind of, quietly become like they're like almost like what Edmonton was a couple of years ago I think right now where you have and granted they have like that one defensive pair that's probably the best pair in the league but there's just so few guys up front that I like are pulling enough weight and then Boston too like their plays regressed a little bit but I'm sure you probably saw like that Devils game they looked more like the Bruins we're used to seeing they're getting healthier so I'm not going to talk you out of it I wouldn't be like surprised if they just came out and kind of ran a maybe a bit of a tired Colorado team out of the building here. 
Yeah, that's that's definitely what I see. And with you made mention, and we both uh, dragged it on a lot, but th- those last three games in the these Eastern Canadian teams that Colorado played, um, two comeback wins and a game against Montreal that went the distance. Like it was, it was naughty. There were not a lot of um, you know, let's hang out on the bench here and take our gloves off and watch the third and fourth line guys go. It was they really had to earn them. So it, yeah, and. To be fair, too, like the crazy part is, I feel like a bit of what I'm ripping on maybe is even a little unfair because you look and they're they're third in regulation wins and they're the plus twenty nine goal differential, which is way up there in the West. So it's not like it's been like fraudulent wins here, like they're just sneaking out shootout wins or anything like that. But it just it it doesn't look like a recipe that it can be this good. Yeah. No. I. I... Trust me, I I love them. I I don't get excited betting against them. I just think um, it might. I I love the Avalanche, just not on Thursday night. Just not on Thursday night. Wednesday in the books, Nick, or Thursday in the books. Wednesday taping here. Your underdog is the Wild. Mine is the St. Louis Blues. Best bet. You're on the Leafs. I'm on my hometown Bruins. <clears throat> Leboff. Hope you're enjoying vacation. Hope you're um, tracking the uh, status of um, Lane Lambert and what's going to happen with your with your Islanders. Excited to have you back, buddy. Not much of a vacation when your team performs like that. So good luck to everyone betting the pucks on Thursday night. We'll talk to you next time on Monday. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your bets. And as always, make sure you like the podcast, comment, Follow us in the Action app. Enjoy, everyone. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.